0: Jesus I'm going to uh, I'm gonna move as quick as I can with the things that I have to say before uh, I move on to praying for people's healing gonna continue with a uh, The revelation that the Lord has given me and the way that He has given it to me, that He made creatures and He made an environment for creatures to to live in. So every creature uniquely has an environment for Him to to live in. Uniquely. Okay. So... um, I dare any one of you to show me anywhere in the Bible, I dare you, uh, triple-dog dare you, <laughs> to show me a scripture in the Bible where God had to give medicine to angels, Huh? Yeah. medicine to angels, <laughs> Stop pain. chemotherapy to angels. No? Anybody? Any of the creatures that God has created in heaven, that reside in His presence in heaven, all the angels that fly around and the creatures that fly around the throne of God, every now and then he's got to catch one that falls out of the sky because some kind of sickness has got a hold of him. covid Suddenly he's sneezing and coughing and God's going to call him near to the throne say, so come, let me cast this COVID out of you today. Anything? No. It's not possible. Well, the reason I'm being very simplistic about it is because God created angels and He created creatures that are in the heavenly realm. He created them to obey his commands and to be able to function in his presence and so there's no sickness or disease in his presence nothing he doesn't have to give medication to any creature that he created that's in his presence because they're in heaven they're with him right Okay, let's take the argument to the other side. Does the devil have to call, ask any of his demons if, he, if they need to get rid of uh, COVID or cancer or any other disease? No. I dare you to find me a scripture in the Bible where the devil has to call one of his demons and say, come, let me get rid of the sickness out of you. He can't do that either because he's not the creator of sickness and disease. His absence from the presence of God and his ways that he goes about things corrupts our world and the corruption in the world causes sickness and disease. Come on. So I I know that the, that the enemy of God, the devil, is the is the author of all things that are anti-God and everything that is anti-God, he's the author of that. But the way that he goes about it is that he his presence corrupts things and therefore wherever there is health, and wherever there is life, and wherever there is wealth, And wherever God has created an environment for a creature to function, His presence there corrupts it. So His presence in our lives corrupts the things that are in our lives. So you and I didn't have a choice when we were born. We were born, and I don't want to go into, I don't have time today to go into all the scriptures and all the lessons and everything like that like I would do perhaps in a Bible school setting, for example. But it is the Bible says that we are corrupted in our flesh. Our flesh will die. But in the Spirit, in Christ, there is no corruption. His seed is incorruptible. His Word is incorruptible. So while we live in a corruptible environment, why is our environment corrupted? Our environment is corrupted because the man that was made, uh, that the environment that was made for the man, the man chose to give access to a corrupted being who brought his corruption into the environment. So I want to read to you Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Then the Lord formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath or spirit of life, and man became a living being. That's the reason why I asked you if there's any angels that you can find where he has to get rid of sickness. When he breathed his life into this being, he breathed his life of pure form, uncorruptible, incorruptible is a better word, and he was pure in every form. There was no sickness that came from the breath of God into the man. There was no poverty, mentality, or any, any uh, oppression, depression, anxiety, any, any sickness or disease or anything that the, the man didn't need that, or, or that would harm man did not come through the breath of God into him. When he breathed his breath and his life into him, he breathed pure, glorious life. Incorruptible and uncorrupted life. The only being that could corrupt it would be the man's choice itself. And the Lord, Genesis 2 verse 15, And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and guard and keep it. So in order for man to be the creature that is in the image of God, God had to give him purpose. He had to give him tasks. He had to give him things to do. But the things that he gave him to do, he gave him to do based on the life that was in him. Not not a corrupted life. And then... And the man, verse 25, and the man and his wife were both naked and were not embarrassed or ashamed in each other's presence. In other words, they were walking around clothed with the glory of God and everything that they had to do and everything that they were purposed by God to do to God intended to be the creature on the earth that was dominating and was making sure that the order of God was continuing in the earth. That was His command. And so, when we are living in His command, we are never, we do not see nakedness, we are not embarrassed or ashamed by the nakedness, because we don't see it. We see through God's glory. Come on, if I see you with the pure love of God and the pure grace of God and the pure glory of God, if I see you, whatever weakness you have, whatever sickness or disease or, 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 or whatever bad behavior you have, I don't see your nakedness and I'm not embarrassed by your actions. The love of God is there for me to protect you and to help you and to love you and to bring you back to the state where you are no longer embarrassed or ashamed Amen. Yes. glory to God hallelujah and so the enemy of God comes into the garden and he, he he gets in there because he wasn't given a command by God not to go there it was the man whose job it was to command him not to come there So he comes into the garden and he deceives them to actually give up the right of their will. And they choose to obey the will of another that is corrupted. And then the eyes of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves apron-like girdles. So that's what happens in our lives when when we don't live the Word of God when we don't enter into the presence of God, when we follow our own course of life, our own desires and our own ways of life, what happens is our eyes are opened to the possibilities that are, op- that are presented to us. Isn't that what the devil did to Adam and Eve? He gave them options, gave them possibilities. Right? And so instead of having, just saying, no, no, I'm not, I'm not choosing any other options. I'm not going with any other possibilities. I'm sticking with what God said. They chose another op- possibility, another option. And you will find that if you go, if you don't obey the word of God and the will of God, you will find that there is always other options. There is always other possibilities. Hey. Come on, I'm preaching good. And the thing is, is that when you pursue those options and those possibilities, your eyes are opened. And as your eyes get more open to more options, more possibilities, more things that you can do, then what happens is that nakedness becomes more obvious. And everybody can see your nakedness. That's why the world has gone so crazy with identity politics. They're trying to remove, certainly in America anyway, they're trying to remove out of, the, out of the Constitution, they're trying to remove out of all government policies, all legislation, they're trying to remove gender-based naming conventions. So you're no longer a man or a woman, you're a they or a them. Because... The more you sin, the more you see options, the more your nakedness is exposed and everybody can see your nakedness and you can see theirs. Because the presence of God brings no covering. The absence of the presence of God exposes everything that you're doing. And so you try to cover it up and you try to run from it and you try to hide from it, but you can't. As long as the church is in the earth no one can hide from their sin so they everybody's trying to undo and trying to minimize what the church is in the world today because if they can remove god out of society then they all the laws that they will pass will just give them more options and then they all become naked and ashamed together and it makes them feel better because they are naked and ashamed together So I'm talking about, I'm getting all, all, this is all about about healing and all about the life of God in our our lives. Galatians chapter 3 verse 26 says, for in Christ you are all sons of God through faith. In Christ you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ, if you're born again, into a spiritual union and communion with Christ, the anointed, the Messiah, you have put on and clothed yourself with Christ. What happens when you have put on and clothed yourself with Christ? Now I see your clothing, your glory, I don't see your shame. I don't see your nakedness I don't see the things the baggage that you bring with you I don't see it I see the clothing of Christ when I make an, when I choose an option when I choose an option to want to judge you criticize you have an opinion about you then my eyes are open because I'm choosing options I have an option to speak about you something that God wouldn't say about you. I have an option to think about you the way God would not think about you. I have an option to have a behavior pattern around you that God wouldn't have around you. So the minute I exercise my options, I see your nakedness. And then I talk about your flaws and your weaknesses. And I talk about you and I criticize you and I judge you. And then what happens to me is that my eyes are more opened and so then I automatically realize that if I'm saying that about people, those people are saying that about me. In some way or another, then my eyes are opened I become naked and ashamed. Hallelujah. I'm preaching so good today. So good. Hallelujah. So I want to say, uh, it's interesting that when you have a, if I have a, if I have a, a theatrical performance evening, the auditorium is full. When I have a healing service morning, the auditorium is half full. What happened to the other half of the people? Well, I have a I have a discovery medical aid, a momentum medical aid, I have doctors and I'm not sick right now. So I don't have to go to a healing. I don't have to go to a healing meeting. Because I don't need it right now. And if I do need anything, I'll go to the chemist or I'll go to the doctor. Yes. Yeah. Right. Now let me tell you, I'm very, very grateful for, for doctors. I'm very grateful. I'm th- I thank God that He put it in heart in the heart of people to want to serve other people the way that they do. And God has used and opened the eyes of man to things like viruses and bacteria and, and methods and ways of, 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 of helping people overcome sickness and disease. But they become more and more needful, the less, I should say they become more needful, the more the church is not useful. The more the church becomes useful and powerful, the less the medical profession is needful. Hallelujah. They coexist because they're, because Man made a choice to allow corruption into the world. So then we are, when we are born as babies, we don't have a choice. We are born into corruption. The minute you're born, you start to die. I know when you look at these cute little babies in, uh, that run around, cute little kids and cute babies in, in cots and, and you know, in mother's arms, you don't think to yourself, this person is busy dying. You think only this person's potential and the life that is ahead of them, right? But actually the minute they're born, they actually start dying. Because we're born into corruption. Because of Adam's choice. So, what is the answer to this problem? The answer to the problem is to put on Christ. And so when you put on Christ you now live in the environment with a different creature in your spirit although your natural man is still corrupted. Are you all with me? So that's the reason why I can be I can be a really strong Christian and I can really love God with all my heart and I can serve Him with everything and something happens and i get sick and I, a virus comes into the earth and i the virus comes on me it's not because uh it's not because it's an, an inevitable consequence that when a virus comes into the earth that i must be subject to the virus It is the consequence of my lack of knowledge of the new creature that I am that can protect me from the virus. The new creature that is in you is the Christ that you have put on. So I read you that scripture, if you've been baptized into Christ, then you put on Christ. Right? You want me to read you to you again? You're looking at me like... So let me read it to you again. Okay. For in Christ, you're all sons of God through faith. So if you're now a son of God, are you more the son of your parent or are you now more the son of God? You can never change being the son of your, the son of your parent. You can never change that. Just the same way that if you are born a son of God... You can't change that either. I know some theologies and some doctrines say you can, but I don't believe that you can because in Jesus, anyway, I'm not going to go into that. If you're truly born into Christ, then you are a son of God, and then a son of God can't go back. You will always be a son of God, even though you may not Receive all of what God has for you. And you may not walk in all the fullness of the new son that you are. Yes. Okay, so let's take a natural, just a natural example. As, as children, when they're little and they're in your home, everything in your domain is theirs to explore. You don't have to tell them to not go to the medicine cabinet. In their mind, it's just something else to explore which is why they put special caps on certain tablets to make sure that kids don't get into those tablets because in their mind it's nothing it's just something to explore right so everything in your dom- in the domain is there to explore as a little child as that child grows up he becomes and he starts to identify with not only this domain, but other domains, there's other playgrounds, there's other places, there's other things, and they become aware of other options, of other domains, other places, other people, other identities other than mom and dad. Work with me here. So in the natural, as a natural born child, your corrupted self, is destined, it is destined, it's born into your natural soul that at some point the sin option is going to be your choice rather than your inevitable action. So when a little child is born and they are disobeying their parents, they don't understand disobedience yet. It's just, I want to do this and mommy and daddy are telling me no. They don't know that what they're doing is not what mommy and daddy wants them not to do. Yes? Yeah, that's right. I don't want to get caught up into all the technicalities of this here, but there is a great deal of wealth in what I'm saying in this, in, in this uh, in teaching this morning. And so you don't have to teach them. It's They are born with the nature that says, if you say no... it's an option for me to explore. Corrupted self wants the options to explore. The next thing that you do when you become an adult and you become aware at whatever age that might be, it can be any time from the age of 10 or 12 to from there onwards, where you become aware that it's your choice to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So, if you grow up in a strong Christian home and Jesus is in your home, that choice might be so so marginal in a, in the way that you make the choice. It, it, there may not be like a big uh, thunderclap or you know a big repentance of crying because of all of sin and all of that. It might be that when you grow up in a Christian home, it's just a natural thing. One day you realize, I am a Christian. I've always been. I've always loved God. I am a Christian. I choose to serve him. So the choice is much easier in a Christian home than it is in any other kind of home. Because mom and dad are doing their best to make their options less and their option is really more to serve God. Are you all still with me? So, if you are sons of God, for as many of you... As I baptized into Christ, in your union with Him, you have put on and clothed yourself with Christ. So when I clothe myself with Christ and I have a union with Him, the new creature in me says, every option that you learned in your life before, I am going to tell you not to do it. The only option I want you to be aware of, this is the new Christ in you, the new creature the only option i'm going to inspire you to do is the one that is the god option it can do nothing else because it's christ in you come on work with me say amen to this this morning i know it's monday morning and there's been a lot of church this weekend but work with me here okay when i am born again as as a as a as a, as a Spirit being everything i now do as a human being my spirit being is going to tell me don't make the wrong choice don't make that choice if you're going to make a choice that's anti-god it's going to tell it's going to be telling you make a different choice make a different choice make a different choice and so you can read lots about the Bible, about people that see their conscience and the, conscience, the evil conscience. And there's a lot of talk about the conscience because when you get born again, your conscience begins to speak to you and tell you what to do by the Holy Spirit. So then what happens is that all the options that everybody else has chosen in the world It's still in your face. It's still in your environment. It's still there. But the spirit man inside of you, he says, don't make those choices. There's no future there. And everything that everybody else's options have chosen in their life, those options keep talking to you and say, choose this option, choose this option. Because look after all, everybody else is choosing it and everybody else is living this way. Isn't that what the devil said to Adam and Eve? There's things that you don't know, and if you make a different choice, you'll see what everything's all really about. And so the enemy of God wants you to choose what everybody else is choosing, and that's not what God wants you to choose. God wants you to choose what He would want for you. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. So, why is this important? Well... I'm going to just very briefly cover this for you. That as a natural being living in a natural environment, we have yet to discover how powerful our spirit, recreated spirit man is when we have enough of the word in us and and we... Explore with God the knowledge of God together with the body of Christ. We have yet to see how much power we have yes. in normal day life. I can tell you the, the power we have is the same that Jesus walked in. Okay. Question for you. When Jesus ate food, what food do you think he ate? The natural being man living in a society that is uh, providing food for him. He was going to eat everything that was permitted to eat. What God said is okay. Right? So everything that was God spoke to Moses and God told Moses to tell all the Levites, all of the children of Israel what to eat and what not to eat and how to behave in their lives. Jesus did that. What happens when mom was exploring the Roman food? I don't know if she did. I'm just giving you an example. What happens when, if mom Mary says, you know, I made friends with this Roman couple that moved in next door here. They came from somewhere in, in Athens or whatever, or you know, they, they're part of the Roman Empire or they came from Rome or they came from Florence or they arrived here because they were <laughs> in the military and they lived down the road and they brought some spices and they brought some food. And, have you, this stuff, have you tasted it? It's, lekker, it's nice food. So now mom wants to explore. Now I know that Mary wouldn't have done that because she knew what, she knew what her covenant is with God. I'm just giving you uh, an example. that If she had made a choice to explore food that wasn't according to the covenant, Jesus would have, and God would have protected his son, that his body would only eat the food that he permitted to eat. So why is this important? Because healing power of God is not the only option for your health. Your health is as much about your choices, you and me, of what we eat, what we don't eat, and how we behave ourselves in the natural world, as we don't. I've opened up a can of worms. Please don't eat those. So, I have to go to the army. I'm in the army. I have to eat stuff. That's horrible, terrible, terrible, horrible. Take the eggs and bounce them off four walls and it can still land on your plate. And then you still got to try and eat it after that. Kid you not? You know, I mean, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, if you hang around some people that like donuts, it's like it's gonna happen, you know. <laughs> because we live in a culture and an environment where the human option, the human choices, have continued to make more stuff available to us, more convenient, more lifestyle oriented and so we make choices to eat that so you can be skinny and very unhealthy. Don't think it's only fat people that are unhealthy. And you can be overweight and you can be more healthy than someone that's skinny because you're probably being careful about what you eat. If you're not, today's a good day to start. So, I'm just trying to say to you today that your health is not just about the healing and the miracle power when someone lays hands on you that you get healed from sickness and disease. Sickness and disease can come on your body because we live in a corrupted society and the corruption that's in the society is... There are many ways that that corruption turns into sickness and disease in our bodies. One of the ways is the way of the food that we eat. Some of the other ways is the way that we live our lifestyle. That progressively wants to accumulate wealth. That it progressively wants to be achieving things. And you can cause your will to command your body to do things, and for you to create an environment for yourself where you're always busy, 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 busy. You're always busy, and the anxiety of that busyness, it's not, I don't have a financial problem, therefore I'm not anxious. It's the fact that you've created a lifestyle that you enjoy what you do that causes anxiety, that if you're not doing what you have created a habit of doing, then you become anxious because you think that in your habit of doing is where you succeed. So in that habit is an anxiety and stress and all manner of things that come with that. Fear, ambition because you don't want to be failing, ambition because maybe you want to be something in society. These things create stress. They create things in your life that can make you sick because you're living according to a corrupted force that's in your mind, that's in your soul, that God would not want you to live for that. So God doesn't want you to live for the accumulation of things. You Western people, with a western mindset that think that actually the success of your life is the accumulation of things and that the accumulation of things and the way that you accumulate things become important where none of that is actually important to jesus that you accumulate things it's only important to you and i when we have a mindset a soul a lifestyle habit DNA functioning in us that we have learned that the only way to redeem yourself from poverty is to accumulate things. Because if I've got things, I can always have something that can protect me from poverty. That in itself creates sickness and disease. Because you allow corruption into your life. There are other things that you can do. You can, uh, you can choose habits. You can choose habits. Like you can choose to smoke cigarettes and say this is a cool thing to do among my friends. And normally people that get to smoke cigarettes, they normally do it when they start as teenagers because it's normally a cool thing or a peer pressure thing or something like that. So they normally start when they're young. Normally. Not always, but normally. Or you can choose, for example, you can choose to start drinking alcohol and then you drink more and more alcohol. Huh? Everybody else does it. Everybody else does it. So what's wrong with it? Well, it's part of the corrupted man. It says, I've got to look for a substance to relieve my pressure or to give me pleasure. If you're in Christ... ...clothed with Christ... ...you don't have to look for pleasure there. And I'm just using... ...examples. The world... ...I use those examples because they... ...because they just... ...affect most people. You can go into a, into a... ...into a... ...go fill up... petrol in your gas tank... ...and you can walk into the garage... In some garages and they're selling beers and wine there I mean it's like it's prevalent prevalent everywhere it affects most people so I'm just using that example because it affects most people I'm not categorizing it as a greater thing than somebody else Okay, I can just, let let me use another example. I've used this example before. You can get yourself into the habit about gossiping about other people and it can be more damaging to you than someone who drinks a whole bottle of vodka every night. Really. Because to be critical and to be judgmental and opinionated when you're criticizing somebody, it eats into your soul. And that virus, that corruption begins to... Kill you. So the next point is a very relevant point for today's society. And I'm just going to say it as quickly as I can and move on. But you can get into all manner of sexual deviance or sexual vices or be sexually active when you shouldn't be. And the Bible says that when you do that, you are sinning against your own body. So what are you doing against your own body? You are doing something that is causing your body to deteriorate and be corrupted. Sickness and disease, corruption. So, there is a lot, there is a lot that is normal in the world environment that if you don't allow yourself to put on Christ then what will happen is that it will eventually begin to have an effect on your body in some way or another if you just ask uh, if I had to ask Dr. Amanda what is the biggest problem that she faces when she's working on people's teeth she will say probably eating sugar Because sugar is the thing that corrodes and corrupts your teeth more than anything else. So now you need a dentist. Because your eating habit is corrupting your body. Causing you pain. Jesus, heal me from my toothache. Stop eating sugar. Brush your teeth properly. Am I doing right, Dr. Amanda? I mean, right? Stop eating so much sugar. Brush your teeth properly. See, it's, it's, it's at least a barrier against corruption. Do you get what I'm trying to say here? There are many things that are in our environment that are corrupting our bodies. They're corrupting our bodies. And it's become normal behaviour in our society to do these things. And so when we do these things, we either go to the doctors and we have a medical aid to help us get over these things or what we do is we can start to use the Word of God and we can start to be the new creature and we can start to access what God has given us as new creatures and we put on Christ and He begins to guide us and lead us and train us. So all the... the, vegans and all the vegetarians and all the anti milk people and all the anti killing cows people and all you can say good preaching pastor John <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's it's the easiest thing actually in our environment in the world that we live in to to put stuff in our body that causes us to get sick so i'm going to be praying for you today and i'm going to ask the Father to heal you. But I am saying to you that whatever healing it is that you're looking for, the cause and the symptom is, might still be in your life, in which case you might be healed today, but you might have it back tomorrow. Tomorrow being another day. And then you say, but I thought God healed me from that. And the answer is he did. So why is it back in my body? Because the cause of the corruption is still in your life. Hallelujah. So the Bible says my people perish for a lack of knowledge and so I'm trying to give you some knowledge that because as I lay hands on you today and as I pray for you that you understand that there are things that affect your health. And if I pray for you and you are I'm not going to ask you what to what I'm going to pray for you today. I have a specific instruction from the Lord on how to go about this today. But, for example, if you suffer from depression or from oppression or something like that, I immediately want to say, what, what is it that you're engaged in in your life that is causing this? What do you do? What, ha- what habits are you are, you, are, are involved in? I mean, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not anybody that's got any kind of degree that can give you an answer to this. But I will tell you this, that if you're sitting and watching violent movies every night that have got murder, death, kill, steal, kill, kill, kill more, rape, whatever, do terrible things, if you're watching that stuff, now you're getting depressed, I'm gonna say to you, just one example, don't shoot me from there, somebody, please. Shoot being the operative word. <laughs> if you're doing that and you start to get depressed and you begin to begin to become fearful and things are I'm gonna say to you, stop watching those movies, dude. I mean it's like hey, hello. Yeah, but 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 can't God relieve me of this? Then, well, why should He? Well, because He's God; He must heal me. Okay, but are you going to keep watching those movies? Well, if you do, it's just going to be coming back. Three days later, you're depressed again. But God, You healed me. But I'm watching violent movies still because I've got a habit. and so it is true that as a, a human race as a species of the in the western world at least the age of death and people dying has got much older so people are not dying as young as they used to die especially in the western world because there's so much more medicine available and more medical help available. So because there is medical help available and things like that, people are dying, they're living longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But if we had to take medical help out of our society and we now had to be start to live without a medical aid, without a doctor, without a dentist, without uh, uh, some kind of surgeon that can help me, suddenly we'll become much, much more aware of what's happening in our environment and how we interact with our environment. And we'll become much more dependent on what does the Bible say about actually changing my environment? Which is why when we go into Africa and we pray for people in Africa, they're much more open to healing and they have miracles happening in Africa because they don't have doctors and dentists and discovery health so surely Isaiah 53 verse 4 to 10 surely he this is a prophetic word of what Jesus was going to become for us he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows because we were born to grief and sorrows come on you were born to grief and sorrows, and, and our, we are structured our society so that we can minimize the grief and the sorrow. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. You see, here's what I've been talking about. We like sheep have gone astray. We've gone astray into all the environments where sheep shouldn't go. All like sheep, and we have turned everyone to his own way. I want to eat what I want. I want to do what I want. I want to go where I want. I want to say what I want. And the Lord has laid the iniquity of all of that upon Jesus. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people, he was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked, but the rich at his death. Because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Right here are the secrets of healthy living. Because this is what he died for. So we don't have to do this anymore. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him and has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for a sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Hallelujah. And so we go to the New Testament. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example, that you should follow his steps, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. The Father, who himself bore our sins in his own body. He bore our sins in his own body. Come on, here's an answer. Sins and body. Body and sin. Sin is a result of what you do to your body and what you are choosing in your body. And so therefore, if he has sickness and disease, it comes because of sin that's on your body. So he himself bore our sins in in his own body on the tree that we having died to sins might live for righteousness. By whose stripes you were healed. For you, we, for you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your soul. Here is the answer to us living a health, a life of health and well-being, is that we give ourselves over to the shepherd of our soul. Because as we choose him in our soul and we put on Christ, then we make choices by the new creature that pushes sickness and disease away from us. Amen. Amen. Third John 1 verse 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you prosper in all things and be in health. Prosperity and health go together in Christ. Yeah. Just as your soul prospers. How does your soul prosper? You've just returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your soul. That's how your soul prospers. That your soul is in Him. Yes. Your soul is given over to Him, not to the things of the world and the environment around us. Yes. Okay. One more thing I have to say. And then I'm, then, we, then we're done today. For the most part, I live my life this way and anybody that is... Uh, followed the group of teaching uh, great, wonderful men of God that we follow after, Oral Roberts, Kenneth Hagin, Kenneth Copeland, Brother Jerry, all of these people. Brother Jerry actually was the first one that I ever heard made this statement, and he made this statement. I mean, others have said it, but he made it in a way that I heard it first from him. And it made sense to me. And he said this, do you want the healing power of God or do you want to live in divine health? So everybody wants a healing miracle when you're sick, but the best option is to live in divine health. So how do you live in divine health? Your soul must prosper. How does your soul prosper? You give your soul over to the overseer, the great shepherd of your soul. What does that do? That means he wants to feed you with the word. He wants to feed you by the Holy Spirit so that when you are in the environment as a creature, all the other environmental things that all other creatures are choosing, you say no to. Because your soul is being watched over by the shepherd. So when they say yes to all kinds of ways of eating, you say no But I like knickknacks, Pastor John. That cheesy flavour on knickknacks—you don't understand. And if you take it with warm, hot bread, and you just take the bread out like that, and you shove a few knickknacks into the bread, and you eat it, you don't understand how nice that is. I do. Otherwise, I wouldn't be telling you. Right? Or whatever other form of bunny chow you like. (laughs) Right? You don't understand how nice this is, Pastor John. I do. But what's on the (coughs) knickknacks? MSG, MSG, preservative, colorants. What's knickknacks made out of? Pure sugar. Carbs. right Why funny bread? look bread is my staple diet so don't mess with it do you know what's in bread? i'll tell you what if you go to any doctor who knows about nutrition and most doctors don't know about nutrition they only do three three months of their whole six years of training they do on nutrition So most doctors don't actually know proper nutrition. I will close my mouth now on that score. But here's what they'll say. You must have a balanced diet. So what's a balanced diet? Well, don't eat white bread, eat brown bread. Really, there's a difference. Okay, maybe one, carb of, one gram of carb difference between the brown bread and the white bread. And maybe there's two grams of more fiber in the brown bread than the white bread. Maybe. I dare you to go and look at the ingredients of the white bread and then whole wheat bread. What they call whole wheat bread. So what wheat do they make the white bread from? same wheat they just refine one a bit more than the other but when it gets into your stomach it's the same bread you blowing all of my theories here today pastor john well i'm just trying to say to you um as as a as a as a as a general way of life i would rather live in divine health than have to believe god for miracles but in order to live in divine health, I have to observe some things. So Brother Copeland, God began to deal with him and he started to publicly say this, that God wanted him to live to 120 so that he could access anointings and mantles that have not yet been discovered because people don't live old enough and long enough to, to have access to those mantles and those anointings. So that's what he's believing God for, Okay. So one of the things that he started to, as he's connecting with God and he's talking to medical professionals, they tell him, if you want to live older, you've got to stop drinking coffee. Don't drink coffee. It's the worst thing for your longevity. So, longevity. But who thinks about living long when you're 35? Let's go for cappuccino. Hey, I'm not going to destroy your coffee. You have to go with God with whatever you are living with where God is overseeing your soul. For Brother Copeland, who God has said, I want you to believe me to live to 120, Lord said, you won't get there if you don't quit coffee. And there's a whole lot of other things that the Lord began to tell him that he has to quit and some things that he has to do. So he has to drink at least two and a half liters of water every day. He's got to exercise every day. He can't drink coffee. There's things that he mustn't eat. He has, he has special food specially prepared for him with a diet that has been prepared by a combination of medical professionals, professionals whose whole business is nutrition and i can guarantee you sorry there's no donuts in his diet (laughs) i'm saying for longevity god spoke to him and said don't eat those things and i'll tell you what to eat so when you look at him he's very slim now brother jerry was showing us some pictures he showed us some pictures on his cell phone when we were together with him that now. He showed us some pictures on his cell phone of, of things, places and things that him and Brother Copeland had done in the early years of his ministry. Obviously, those pictures have been scanned, and so now they're available. to. And he showed me one picture, and he said, look how overweight Brother Copeland was here. This was when he was actually flying for Oral Roberts. He said, look, at, look how overweight Brother Copeland was here and actually if you were to see brother copeland size now and the size that he was then they, you wouldn't even recognize him as to the to the same person you know okay so i would like i prefer to live a life where i'm living in divine health rather than believing god for miracles so one of the things god began to speak to me about years ago you know that is to exercise And so I have to make an exercise as part of my life. Not just because, I mean, I've got to make it a part of my life because that's what the Lord said to me. If I want to live in health and I want to live long, I need to exercise. There are some things that I used to do a lot of that I do not do anymore. For example, I used to eat a lot of popcorn. I don't do it anymore because popcorn gave me gout. I don't have gout anymore. So I don't. I, every now and again, I'll eat it because it's just fun to eat it and I can enjoy it. But I, as a as a rule in my life, I don't eat popcorn. That's that's the overseer of my soul looking out for me. Where he's speaking to me because I've got him in my life, and he's saying to me cut popcorn out of your diet and you won't get gout. Now if you go to any other doctor and you ask him that he does popcorn create gout, they'll tell you no. They might say it's the sodium that you put on the, on, the, on, the, on the popcorn, the salt that you put on the popcorn that gives you gout. They might say that. I don't know. I don't, I don't care what they say or they don't say. That's what God told me to do. Cut out popcorn. Because we were eating a lot of it. So, Next thing I want to say is because I have learned from Brother Jerry, I would rather live in divine prosperity than to have to believe God for a financial miracle. Which means I have to live constantly doing the things that brings divine prosperity. So what is divine prosperity? Divine prosperity is not the abundance of cash in your bank account. Divine prosperity is, an, a, is, a, is a knowledge that you have that by the overseer of your soul, you can meet any one of your needs at any given time. Amen. Right. That you never have to have a need. God always meets your need. It's not an abundance of cash. Yes. Yes. Right. Amen. 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 So, we, have, we live in a world where we know that the Word of God is seed, and we know that the Word of God as seed in our mouth will create a harvest. Some 30, some 60, and some 100-fold. So if you're putting the Word of God for walking in divine health, then the overseer of your soul taking the Word is going to create a harvest of living life in a way that will cause you to have divine health. In the same way it applies to prosperity. Now, as a general rule, when we come and lay hands on you in our our group of people, we encourage you, quite correctly, we encourage you to take healing scriptures and to speak them out of your mouth so that you may retain the healing that God has given you. So when you are healed from a sickness or disease, the word of God will keep you from that sickness and disease. But it's a bit of a simplistic approach because I don't know what's in your soul. Only the overseer of your soul can tell you what words you should be speaking so that whatever caused you to get sick, you don't have that cause in your life anymore. This is very good healing preaching. Amen. So now I want to tell you that what I'm believing God for today is that I'm believing God, that I'm, I'm asking Him that even though you need to speak scriptures in your life about health and healing, I'm asking God to... And I have asked Him. I'm just telling you what I asked Him. That today... The Holy Spirit will be present. And he will be present. And I want to read this to you. Now discerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols. However, you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit calls Jesus accursed. And no one saying that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts by the same Spirit. But the same Spirit. There are differences in ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestations of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For um, no one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge. So Sorry, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. I'm asked, and I have asked the Holy Spirit, that the gifts of the Holy Spirit will be present today. All of these gifts in operation, that as I lay hands on you, if there is a need for a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, if there is a need for the gift of healing, the gift of miracles, the gift of whatever might need to be available for you, that it will be present. I'm asking the Holy Spirit that He, by the Holy Spirit, will do the miracle work that only the Holy Spirit can do. Because what, is, what healing is in these hands... I have no healing in my hands. <coughs> Not me, John. I'm only a vessel that as I am a point of contact with hands, that the Holy Spirit does the work because we do this action by faith. Amen. Amen. So we have the faith that this human being is used by God to bring healing because the, act, because the word of God says, I will bring healing this way. Amen. Amen. So I'm just wanting to clarify one more thing As before I do this. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. So we have a tendency to think that uh, sometimes there will be the gift of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes Someone's going to always prophesy. Someone different is going to do something and, and We we tend to think that some people have got more healing gifts than others. So, there are ministry gifts where these gifts often do are more present than others. But I want to say to you that the Scripture says, as the Holy Spirit wills. It is not because some evangelist has... The gift of healing and miracles operating more often because as an evangelist, his business is to draw people to Christ. I want to read to you John 14 verse 12. It says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my father. So he who believes in me will do these works. So I haven't got time to go into this. In John chapter 14, 15, and 16, and 17, many times Jesus says, ask the Father and I will do it for you. He wills to do things for you. He wills you to have the gift of healing by the Holy Spirit and the gift of miracles by the Holy Spirit. He wills for these things to be in operation. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise, the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory to Jesus. I'm going to ask the musicians to come to the stage, please. Hallelujah. So we're going to do, we're going to move quite quickly today. Uh, and so, the minute I said that, obviously there's movement in, in, the, in the auditorium. People are getting busy to be functional here. And uh, so, I'm just waiting for some of the people to get here so that we're not distracted by what I'm about to do. Praise the Lord. It is said that Jesus had 39 stripes. That is biblical. But it is said that all disease can be uh, translated into 39 major diseases. I don't know if that's true or not. People have said that. I've heard people say, say that. But... Either way, every stripe that was put on Jesus' body was designed by the Heavenly Father, permitted by the Heavenly Father, so that by His stripes, we are healed. Amen. So, I'm going to make this declaration today, and I'm going to ask you to get into agreement with me that whatever it is that you are believing God for today, whatever healing you need, whatever ails you, whatever is oppressing you, whatever is harming you in your body, whatever mental condition or whatever stress or whatever oppression or depression, whatever mental, soulish condition you are now currently having to deal with. It could be fear. It could be failure. It could be many different things. I declare that as I lay hands on you today, that you are healed from that. If there is things that you have done in your past that have caused you to have habits and to have Addictions and to have things in your body that harm you, I declare today that as I lay hands on you, you are free and delivered from them in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I speak to you and I command every sickness and every disease in your body to leave in the name of Jesus. I declare and I speak that. It doesn't matter whatever habit or ever bad eating or ever lack of exercise or whatever thing that has caused your body to be in this condition. I say in the name of Jesus, be healed. And it might be that there are even conditions in people because the Lord spoke this to my heart and He said there are things that are happening in people's bodies that they don't know is yet to be manifested as a disease and a sickness that somewhere down the line, if they did not come for healing this morning, that they are delivered from that today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So I'm not asking you all to come up because that might be the case. Only if you have something that you want me to pray for, then I'm the vessel of God today. That the Holy Spirit, through gifts of miracles and healings, And the Holy Spirit that is the one that does all the work of Jesus and the Father will heal you. He will heal you and He will restore you. I declare that your vital organs of your body, wherever sickness and disease has attacked, your heart, your lungs, your liver, your stomach, your pancreas, your kidneys, all of the major things organs of your body, your glands, the things that make your body work. I speak to them and I command them in the name of Jesus to be healed. As I lay hands on you, the healing power of God will come into your body and you will be healed in Jesus' name. I speak to those people who have problems with bones and the marrow in the bones and perhaps blood diseases that affect your bones And I say in the name of Jesus, as I lay hands on you, you will be healed from those bone diseases. I must speak this out by the Holy Spirit. I declare in the name of Jesus that those oppressive things that are causing you to live in fear and live in a a state of constant anxiety about whether you are going to make it or not make it in life and whether someone's going to attack you or something is going to happen bad to you, I command that spirit of fear, I command it to leave your mind and to leave your soul in the name of Jesus as I lay hands on you. And I call on the spirit of peace and I call on the spirit of God that is the healing God. And I ask the Holy Spirit to work with these hands and to work with this message today. That as I lay hands on you, that the healing power of God comes upon you. Hallelujah. The reason why I'm doing this is because I felt in my heart that I want you to be speaking words of, of well-being and health over yourself and over your body. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You see, this is what I was believing God for. Right now, the Holy Spirit says to me that there will be some woman that come up here that have really uh, um, struggled heavily with monthly cycle issues. So I'm not asking you That's why I said, I'm not asking anybody to tell me why I'm laying hands on you today. But the Lord told me right now that some people are going to be healed from those struggles that they have every month. Where it almost incapacitates them or causes them to have problems in their life. Headaches and different things. Not the headache that you say to your husband, but proper headaches, you know. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus, praise Jesus, praise Jesus. Hallelujah. You see the Holy Spirit's gifts are already operating because I asked Him to. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I believe that every, every single sickness that is upon your body, and I can't name them all because they're too many for me to name. That as I lay hands on you, those people that come up here, that God heals you and sets you free and delivers you from them in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. There are there are going to be men here that you are really struggling with prostate issues or or urinal issues or or um, things that have to do with with the male organs in the body and and the functioning of your body God is going to deliver you and heal you today in Jesus name hallelujah I don't need to know who you are the Holy Spirit knows praise Jesus glory to God hallelujah when I When I was in the service with Brother Richard Roberts on Sunday morning in in Texas, he was operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit with the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom. And I said in my spirit, Father, I'm I'm going to believe that these gifts operate when we do this healing service. And we are going to continue to have healing services because part of our faith, thing is that once I prayed for you you think that now you must be healed and if you come up for prayer again your faith is not there because you still have, no, I will lay hands on you as many times as I need to lay hands on you so that the fullness of your wholeness of every well-being of your body comes into play and God, He's He's not a sissy God, He doesn't mind if we lay hands on you many times come on now hallelujah praise Jesus Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you. I know, I know that that there are some people here that have eyesight problems. But I'm not saying it because I know that some people. I'm saying it because the Holy Spirit just reminded me that there are going to be people here that have got eye problems, eye problems. And so, by the way, I'm believing God for that because when I was in the army, I had a, a misfire that lacerated my cornea. And over the years, it's, 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 uh, it's impaired some of my seeing, especially at night. So I'm believing, God, that as I'm laying hands on you, that God is going to heal my right eye from that, from, from that, from long time ago. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. And so there are many things. There are many things that the enemy of God has come against humanity with sicknesses and diseases and all manner of issues. And today we begin a process in this church. We begin to count on and rely on the Holy Spirit to show us the things we've got to change in our lives so we can live healthier, but also that we are free from sickness and disease in our lives. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. So I'm going to ask uh, the ushers to help me here that we'll start with this section of people here and we'll whoever needs me to lay hands, we're going to just you're going to walk past me and I'm going to just put my hand on you because I don't need to stand here and pray for you for a long time for the power of God to touch you. The Word of God has done its job here today. The healing power of God is already present here today. And so all I'm going to do is obey God and lay my hands on you and in the name of Jesus, you will be healed. Because you're not healed because I can do anything about it. All i do got to do is the vessel. I'm the person who'll put my hand on you and God will heal you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So can, can you help me to make sure that the people come from this side and then when we're done with it, then we can row by row from the middle and then in the end we'll come to this side over here. Hallelujah. Come stand, people. Let's start the process of praying. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. And I'm asking all of you to be, just be praying in the Spirit and just be exercising your faith because we're going to do this quickly and, and we're going to exercise our faith together that the healing power of God is working. Glory to God. So I'm going to start here as I lay hands on you. Lebo, you're going to turn and you're going to walk away and then I'm going to lay hands and lay hands and lay hands. As I lay hands on you, you're going to walk. Amen. I'm going to need an usher behind somebody because if they fall under the power of God, I need somebody there to catch them. But, but listen, you don't need to fall or have any, anything major. The healing power of God is just working. It just works. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, praise Jesus, praise Jesus, praise Jesus. Won't you all stand? Hallelujah, glory to God, glory to God. Thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus. We're at the end of camp meeting, number one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. More to come. More to come. Glory to Jesus. I'm talking to a bunch of healed and whole, restored and healthy people. Hallelujah. God has touched your bodies. The Holy Spirit is working in your bodies right now. He's touching you in ways that you couldn't imagine. Hallelujah. And I want you to be be careful of your words. Just be careful of your words. Don't use words that will allow anything to come back into your life. Use words that you speak, like even if you get a pain that used to be there and you think it's coming back and it feels like, but I thought I'm healed. You say, no, 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 I'm healed. I'm still healed. I'm still healed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. I want to just tell you, you know, that Jesus. They brought ten lepers to Jesus, and 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 uh, they 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 came for prayer, and he and he healed them, and he said they must go and show themselves to the priest. And as as they went, God healed them as they were leaving, as they were walking. In other words, the healing didn't happen until they were walking. You know. Sometimes Jesus laid hands on people and they were healed immediately. Sometimes He told them to go and bathe and put water on their eyes and go and do something. There's no formula for healing. You just have to receive it and keep living it every day and keep speaking it every day. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah.
1: Yes. Just a, um, a testimony of Kenneth Haggins that not a lot of people, I think, have heard. But when he was healed of his heart disease, it wasn't a short while after that that half of his face, so he was healed and he was whole, and it wasn't a short while after that that half of his face went paralyzed and hung off, you know, his skin hung off his face like this. He had no muscle control in his face. And, uh, and the enemy tried to lie to him, you know, that all of your symptoms are coming back. And he said, no, I know that we're going to church this Sunday and the pastor of the church prays for the sick and he's going to lay hands on me. And when he lays hands on me, I'm going to be healed. Amen. And, uh, and uh, he, he went that Sunday with, with a, a young girl that was his friend and, and her mom. And they said, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you, Kenneth? And he said, "No, I'm healed. I'm waiting for the pastor to to lay hands on me." And they went to the church. and And that morning, the pastor didn't didn't uh, he, at the end of the service, he didn't call for the sick to lay hands on them. So he put up his hands and he said, "Pastor, please will you, please will you pray for the sick?" So he said, "Come, come, Kenneth." And he says in his testimony, he hardly even heard the prayer; he just waited for the amen. And he threw his hands up and he started praising the Lord for his healing. And, uh, and uh, 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 so then they left the service and his face still looked the same. And so the, the young girl that he was with and, and the mom, oh, so you healed, Kenneth. He said, yes, I'm healed. Didn't you? Yeah, the, the, the preacher said amen and I received my healing. And of course the mom and the, the, the young girl are saying, but your face still looks the same. And he said, no, you don't understand. I received my healing from that second that the pastor said amen. And I threw up my hands and I received my healing. And so then he walked with them home and he went and had lunch with them. And the whole time they're saying, are you okay, Kenneth? Are you okay? Because nothing has changed in your face. You know, your face is still hanging. And he went into the bathroom and he saw in the mirror there and he said the enemy tried to light him. And he said, well, look, nothing's changed. And that whole day, he gave praise and glory to God for his healing. The next morning, he woke up and his face had returned to normal with full recovery in his muscles. Just to confirm what you were saying. So it doesn't matter what things look like. If you believe you've received your healing, you keep thanking God and praising God for your healing. It doesn't matter what people are saying around you. And they say, well, you're still walking funny and you're still a little bit pale in the face. No, you don't understand. I've received my healing today. Yes. Praise the Lord.
0: Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, the anointing of God is strong on my body, and I'm uh, walking slowly because it's the only way I can walk, otherwise, I might fall over. Ha <laughs> ha. Feels pretty good. <laughs> it's. Uh, It's a nice, it's a wonderful place to be. Can we finish off with song nine? I want you to sing. I'm just going to walk down and sit there. See you
1: later. I'll see you later.
0: (laughs) Be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. Thank you for coming to camp meeting. Yeah, we're going to sing one more time. Be blessed. Hallelujah. Glory to God in song one more time. Yes, before we leave. Oh, I want to say something more. I wanted you to know that every t- everything I did today, I've been walking in Jerry Savelle's shoes. Yes. Hallelujah! 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I didn't want to tell you before because it's the glory of God that heals. Yes. It's not the spirit of Jerry Savelle that heals. But we walk with the anointing of all of our heritage of faith and the Fathers yes. that come with us. Amen! Amen. Hallelujah! <laughs>